Welcome to the latest episode of Caribbean Scholarings, a place where we digitally lime, we reason, and we gaff from time to time. I'm your host, Kat J. Stevens, and I want to help you talk about all things related to your scholarship, your ideology, and of course, home. Take a listen to this um, episode of Caribbean Scholarings. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, I wanted to let you all know that we have a special guest on with us today. Um, she is a brilliant scholar. She has a lot to offer and knows a bit about this whole project and where it came from. So I'd like to introduce all of you to Nathara Bailey. Um, and hi, Nathara. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. This has been a long time coming. Yes, it has. <laughs> this has been like a long project, like thing that has been discussed forever, it seems like. And to finally get to this moment at the top of 2020 is really exciting. Yeah. And we're doing it for the culture. Yeah, for the culture. I'm for excited. Culture. Okay, cool. So um, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes. Uh, my name is Nathara Bailey, and I, um, I live in Los Angeles, California, and I am into all things Caribbean scholar things. <laughs> um, but I will talk a little bit more about myself as we go on, I guess. Awesome. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so how did we meet? So I remember exactly how we met. So we you were do. In, yes, I do. Okay. I remember everything. Okay, so we were in a class at Sarah Lawrence College, and it was my junior year, I think, or my sophomore year. And okay. I met you in a class that was, I don't remember the specific title, because Sarah Lawrence has its um, quirky titles for classes, but it was a Black or African diasporic literature class. And I think it was called Writing Warrior Woman. I think, I think. Yes, yes. And <laughs> I remember we had to do a project. Don't remember what it was about. But I remember that you and I got paired together. And we were like, how are we going to do this project? How are we going to meet? How are we going to get this thing going? But it was so seamless. And we just got together and we just got it done. I remember you came to my dorm in Slonum. Slonum 1. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And you were sitting in my room and we were talking about the project and it was really cool. It was just like such a seamless and um, almost carefree conversation, but we clearly were really connected and kind of were like on the same page about how we wanted to do things. And I think that was like the beginning of everything. I want to tell you your memory is great because <laughs> I don't remember it. I haven't thought about that class. But now I'm like literally visualizing the classroom. It was like an old classroom, I think. Yeah, yeah. And it was like maybe seven of us or six of us in the class, I think. Mm -hmm. It was yeah. small. It was small. And I think there was a professor that taught the class. Right? Yes. Yes. Professor <laughs> that taught the class. Yeah. yeah. Um, for this record, we will not say the name of the faculty member. But mm -hmm. uh, I remember that because I remember... Now that we talk about it, you were talking about your grandmother, I think? Yeah, I was. I think we had maybe both talked about our grandmothers. I think that was like a thing as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
that you are taking me down memory lane. I had long <laughs> forgotten about that class. I just welcome knew to memory that lane. We had met, yeah, I just knew we met in undergrad, but I didn't remember that it was a class. So yeah, okay, it was a class. Pretty awesome. Um, so we worked on a project together. I so eventually that would lead to many, many more projects. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what country so are you representing today? So I'm representing Jamaica. And I was thinking about all the like really obnoxious ways that I could have said Jamaica, but I just decided to go with. I mean, you can, you can, you can have, you can have a moment. This is a safe space. <laughs> oh, I'll have many moments. I think they'll come okay. out just naturally. <laughs> okay, awesome. So I have to ask you what parish naturally for all of the Jamaican listeners. Yes. Um, so I was born in Montego Bay, St. James, mm-hmm. but I grew up in um, St. Andrew in Mm -hmm. Kingston and that's where I went to school that's where I that's where all of my memories of childhood are um I lived there until I was nine years old so I have very vivid memories of playing in the yard with my dog climbing a mango tree all of those things and um yeah so it's interesting because a lot of my when I think about my life I portion my childhood to Jamaica so mm. even though I, as I still came to the U.S. as a, as a child, I, for some reason, childhood is just connected to Jamaica. But um, my family goes back and forth all the time. So I feel like, you know, it's not um, a stagnant memory. It's definitely like a living, breathing memory um, and has evolved as I've gotten older and like visited the country at diff- various times in my life. Awesome. Okay. So would you mind sharing with our listeners a little backstory on your education, your pathway to education, which is super important, and your pathway to scholarship? Yes. So I tend to start at about the third grade or grade three, <laughs> as we call it in Jamaica. And mm-hmm. I remember um, we had this assignment and like all the schools in Jamaica are religious. So there's always a religious component to everything that we do. And so I remember we had to write a story. I think it was, I don't know if it was like religious education, RE or whatever it was, or English, but we had to write a story and we had to write, um, the birth of Jesus Christ. And I remember the teacher was like, okay, write a story of Jesus Christ. And so in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm going to write the story of Jesus Christ. And he was born at the University of the West Indies Hospital and Mary was in a Mary went to the hospital and Joseph drove her there and all this stuff and I wrote this story <laughs> that was clearly not the story of Jesus Christ and the teacher was so confused but also completely like enamored by the story um and I remember her showing the story to my mom and being like this is a story that your child wrote it's not the assignment but it's a pretty remarkable story. And I just remember that being the moment, especially for my mom, my mom always talks about this moment being the time when she knew that I was just different, (laughs) that I wasn't going to follow the rules, that I was going to make up my own story um, and put my own spin on things. And that's kind of what has been um, the seed of my educational growth. I've never really been one to kind of like retell anything, reinvent anything, but always take what people have done before me and built on it. And so that has been really important in me growing as a student. So as you can imagine, like all of the years after that were difficult for me because school is a very 
follow the rules, take the test, pass the test, do whatever you need to do to get where you need to go. And that was not the way my brain worked. Mm -hmm. And so I was so um, like excited when I came across Sarah Lawrence College because it was the kind of school that would really allow my my creativity to flow. And for me to be just who I am and be brilliant and no one to tell me that I couldn't do what I wanted to do. And that was really important for me as um, a student and as a scholar. And the more I think about myself as a person and as a student, I think about myself as a Caribbean person um, and thinking about myself as a Jamaican and, and, and how rebellious we are. And I think it's something that kind of runs through my blood and my veins and my heart and my brain and my soul. And at my core, that's who I am. So even though I'm talking about myself as a student and how I learn, I definitely think it's rooted in where I come from and who came before me and who is a part of who I am. Um, so yeah, so that's how like that came for me. And Sarah Lawrence was the place where I kind of really discovered myself as a, a scholar um, mm-hmm. and being confident in that. So yeah. And then after that, I moved on to doing my master's in clinical psychology and continuing on with that so yeah okay okay and where did you get your get your clinical masters (laughs) clinical (laughs) whatever I did your master's degree (laughs) (laughs) yes I got my master's in education in in clinical psychology from teachers college at Columbia University I'm just saying you know that we love a name so like you can't just go (laughs) and say I got my master's somewhere like (laughs) <laughs> you got your master's on Broadway in 116th or Broadway on the 20th. Oh, absolutely. That is where okay. in the in that nice sky blue color. Yes. Yes, you are a highly educated Caribbean woman. Okay. Highly. Own it. Highly. Highly darling. <laughs> so, um care to share a little bit about your um studies when you were in grad school? Yeah, so I my program was extremely um traditional it is a master's that's designed for you to continue on to doctoral studies so um I was ever since I was in my undergrad I've always been focused on doing a hybrid of um studying clinical psych mental health um and history and the way that we think about historical trauma the ways that it affects our psychological health and the ways that we as clinicians can begin to heal our community, specifically people of the black diaspora healing mm-hmm. from the trauma of colonialism and everything that followed. So that is the kind of work that I continue doing in my master's program. I have to say that I didn't get, I didn't get as deep and into all the flesh of all of that when I was in my master's program, cause it was just the beginning but I'm hoping to do that in further um, doctoral studies. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And um, one thing that our listeners may not know is that we actually were roommates in undergrad at a certain point. <laughs> yes, we lived we together. Were. We yeah. Were. And we, oh my gosh. We, <laughs> we had like Sundays we would cook food. And yeah. you like, I think you made the rice. I made beans, mm-hmm. always made beans. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but beans were Rice really easy beans. to make. Rice mm-hmm. and beans always, and there was always something to go with it. And yes. um, it was just a spectacular time also because I think for myself, I not really come into 
my own with my understanding of my own racialized and ethnic identity and I think up until that point like obviously I knew I was black but I hadn't really put it in context with being a foreign-born black person in the United States of America so coming to Sarah Lawrence and having all of the instances and opportunities and microaggressions and um other good things as well definitely made it a highlight for me to that I think that kind of put things into motion and set me on this path of considering myself a, a scholar that focuses on the Caribbean um, and folks in and out of the region. Were there any particular moments for you um, while you were there regarding your schoolwork or anything that you had done, whether it was like student activism or anything that kind of harkens back to you thinking like, this is for me, this is my lineage, this is my heritage, or maybe a conference paper that you had written or anything? Yeah, I would say there are a lot of different moments like that for me. I think when I think back on my undergraduate experience, that's where I associate being a coming into being a Caribbean scholar. So mm -hmm. because we didn't have to, you know, we didn't have to declare majors at Sarah Lawrence, which is like the most glorious thing for me, at least. Um, I was able to really say I was a historian. I could say that I'm a psychologist and I could say that I'm an anthropologist or I could say um that I'm studying sociology or um for me in some cases I was studying dance because I was a dance third or I dance minor equivalent and so there were so many different ways that I could discover that within me I think um the fact that I could put so many different parts of the curriculum together it it, it lent itself to me coming growing into that Caribbean scholar person that I was so if mm -hmm. when I was in my history class I was studying I would take classes in the on the black black diasporic history of all over, um, and I would also be able to apply a psychological lens to it. Um, mm -hmm. And so, with that combination, I was able to say, "Hey, I want to study my people. I kind of want to understand us a little bit more. I I want to understand why my family is the way it is." <laughs> right. And um, the the baby of his the baby that came out of history and psychology is basically how I'm able to define myself or how I define myself as a scholar. Um, mm. Scholarship I've learned is not just about uh, picking up a book or uh, finding going on JSTOR or J whatever it's called and finding an article, um, highlighting and then writing about it. It's a real sense of uh expression on your own mm. end and looking in looking inward so I spent a lot of time looking inward for my scholarship because I honestly think that my scholarship was not in an article it wasn't in a book uh it wasn't mm. in the, even in a paper that I'd written it was within me so mm. my scholarship really developed from who me trying to understand myself trying to understand the people that were enslaved who were my ancestors trying to understand some of the indentured servants that were are my ancestors. And mm -hmm. so it was almost like these little things I would see in myself or see in my family that would either just blow me away or really sadden me that, that pulled me mm -hmm. to the work that I was doing. It was a dedication to healing that was really um, crucial in my scholarship. And some of that I even found in dance, like as someone who's creative, um, mm -hmm. a lot of your work is inward. Mm -hmm. And then afterward, it has to be external for the world to see and then for the world to decide what they think it is. And so being in that space where I could 
combine all of my my interests and my dedication to healing because that's really what it is I'm like a scholar who's focused on healing Mm -hmm. that's that was my undergraduate years were were the was the time that I was able to develop as a scholar and understand my my heritage in that way I so just want to take a minute to honor that because I hope that you're all listening and thinking and um, examining yourself in your work because I like to think that we are in the work. Um, some people have the privilege that they may say or some people can turn away from seeing themselves in the work. But I think for myself, I know for myself and I assume for you as well, that seeing yourself in the work, um, it is a deeper process. It is not just what's on the page or like you said, an article on JSTOR. It is something for me, like I was telling someone recently, like it's something that I carry within me. It's something that I, it's like a guttural response to the indentured servants, like my great-grandmother, my grandmother, uh, my family that was in Grenada, that were in Barbados before they came to Guyana, that were in, you know, India. And thinking about that, like I carry that with me very purposefully. And I don't think that everyone thinks that way, but I'm curious to find other Caribbean descendant scholars. And I think there will be a commonality in that, whether they are able to pronounce it or not, which is kind Mm -hmm. of the inception of this whole world of CST, um, is that we're bound by something very unique, very shared. Um, And it's it's a really spiritual thing. It's a deep thing. It's a rooted thing. And I, it's hard to kind of encapsulate, which is why I'm doing this work and doing my own research. But I think mm-hmm. that what you said is so important. And like, I didn't even prompt you to say that. <laughs> you said it <laughs> Unprompted, on y'all. Unprompted. Yes. Okay. And so I, if you have anything to expand on that, that would be awesome. If not, we can move mm-hmm. on to another question. But I, I love what you just said there. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really important. I mean, also because for me, like, I hope to be a clinical psychologist one day and so my goal is to not just sit in a therapist's office and ask people how things make them feel but also for me to do the work myself and so in my search for finding graduate programs I've been really um, specific about finding places that focus on budding clinicians doing that work too like Mm-hmm. looking at your own trauma how how are you affected by your own trauma how do you think it manifests in you daily in your relationships in your job um in the way that you interact with people so it's really important for me even on a practical level that mm-hmm. I look inward and so I think that's just a part of I think honestly I think it's a part of being a Caribbean person you're kind of always looking inward and I think it has to do with just the nature of how we came to be. A lot of us are from nations that weren't meant to be nations. They weren't meant to be functioning societies. A lot of them were meant to be places where goods were transported, um, transactions were made. And a lot of that (laughs) was based on people's existence, people's bodies, people's labor, um, people's health. And so that's just who we are. So for, for us, it's being being at the intersection of everything is our being. And I think that um, that for me, that's been really grounding, especially when I try to think about my ancestry. Like I really don't know a lot of it. Um, mm-hmm. Some of it, like 90% of it, I'm just surmising based on historical patterns. Some of it I do know, 
but not a lot. And so it's mm-hmm. been grounding for me as a Black Caribbean woman to be like, this is my strength and I'm going to step into it and I'm going to use scholarship to do that and heal and heal my community. I love it. And I, I especially relate to the looking inward part. For me, the looking inward um, relates to looking outward and not necessarily seeing myself and more than in a racialized way, um, but more in a community building sense in a sense of place and time and space and in a sense of um, knowing my culture, my history, ethnicity, knowing the nation I'm from, knowing those kinds of things outside of the sphere of race. Looking inward, I think, provides a lot of answers that looking outward doesn't um, because I don't see it outward, which is another reason why I'm really excited to do this podcast and to find other people so we can extend ourselves outward to the world with this podcast and other avenues. Um, what are your thoughts, if any, that you may have about that, such as representation or representation in scholarship or media representation as well, which I know you have thoughts on? Um, <laughs> Yeah, I do. Um, I have so many thoughts on that. That's like a separate podcast. Especially but... connected to your work and the work that you hope to do. Yeah, or connected to my work. Yeah, definitely. I think um, being someone who wants to be a clinical psychologist, there first of all, there's a huge shortage of um, Black people as therapists. There's a shortage of Black women. There's even a sh- even smaller number of Black men. Um, there are also a real the intersections of a sexuality and socioeconomic background with blackness is also there's a shortage in the in the field. So in that respect, yes, I would love to see more people like myself or like you in the field because mm-hmm. um, going to therapy is a big deal for you to decide that you're gonna go and you're gonna talk about things that are hard for you to talk about with your family uh you are choosing to talk to a complete stranger that is is liberating in its own way but it's also very scary for people like us in our region like when we think Mm -hmm. about going to therapy it's something that we think is for crazy people quote-unquote crazy people for mad people and I think there's being mad looks like anything it can look like Mm -hmm. so many different things that we see daily and we don't consider that madness or craziness absolutely um so the way I think about representation I think about it as kind of us holding each other's hand (laughs) when I think about being a therapist I think about holding my holding my community's hand and saying hey let me I got you like this is how we're gonna figure Mm -hmm. this out Mm -hmm. so I think being able to cross from or however you receive psycho mental health care um, being able to be in that space with someone who has a little inkling about what what you might be dealing with and where you come from is extremely important because that's when we begin to open ourselves up you cannot go to therapy closed <laughs> you just are not going to exactly. get anything done exactly. so to think about like being with a therapist who's maybe not from the same island as you but it's from the same region and kind of understands the general culture is really, really important for patients and clients because it allows them to open themselves up 
um, and start doing that work, that's really, really hard. So yeah, I think in my field, it's really, I think about representation a lot. And in a lot of ways I've chosen, I mean, I'm interested in the work, but I've also chosen to do that kind of work because I think it's something I'm called to do and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. listening to that call. Absolutely. And I think similarly to that, um, and this, this interview is going to be kind of like a conversation. It's going to be very different than all of the other podcast episodes up to this point. So dive in and get cozy. Um, I think that, oh my goodness, I just lost what I was going to say. Um, you just It'll said come back. about the last thing you just said about being called. Right. Okay, cool. Yes. So I'm starting my new sentence right now. Okay. <laughs> Similarly to that, I would say for myself, I do feel a specific call. I feel a specific call to go home, to return, to go back, to develop, to incite a riot, you know, which is learning, which is like from Audrey Lord, which is one of my favorite things that she ever says. Um, And I think about the call for me being that education is so important to our community, so important to people from a region, whether we glorify it or we weaponize it, education is supernaturally important and so I think about that and I think about emancipation I think about freedom I think about it as a tool but I also think about education intertwined with our own psychology with our own sense of like spirituality with our own sense of like you know some countries may have um voodoo some countries may have um I guess the other word I'm looking for right now similar to that Santeria and I can't think of it right now, but like every country has like a different name for the same thing. Obia. Our own like spiritual, Obia, thank you. Our own spiritual practices. Um, I think that there is a place that we can ascend to in the search for ourselves and spirituality and our faith, whatever that may look like. But also, I think that we also are searching for that with education that it may mm. be freeing for us in some kind of liberatory way. And I'm still working that out. But I definitely feel a call the way that I think some people feel a call to um, ministry or something like that. I think for our people, it's just something that we do and we follow it instinctually. Even if you uh-huh. get your education formalized or you don't get it formalized. I think that is something very specific to us and it shows up in a very specific way. So, I Yeah, and definitely. And we also have to think about the fact that for a lot of our ancestors, that was how they had any any kind of mobility. Like, you were, <laughs> get the grades and you'll be whoever you want to be. I mean, at least that was, right. that's some of the narrative that I've been passed down in my own family. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, for sure. I think it's, it's there's something, you're definitely onto something about it, us being, it being innate in us. Yes. And it's in, it's almost spiritual in a way. So, yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> so while you're saying that, I literally have been toying around with the idea of getting another degree, like if I need another degree, but I feel <laughs> like it will put the pieces together of the story I'm telling. And I think, you know, postdoctoral work, um, you heard it here first, folks, postdoctoral work, I will be getting my final degree, <laughs> um, something theology related. I have, I have a sense of something and I'm, I have to figure it out, but yeah. this is about you. 
This is about you. I don't want to tell all my stories right now. Um, <laughs> Save them. So, um, so Caribbean scholar things. Like, I remember when this came about and it was just an inkling and I- idea and a thing. And it just, like, had been something that I've been sitting with for a while. Um, we have a few friends in common. And we support each other. Adult Black women, all of Caribbean descent from various countries. And so... We have a unique way of just being and we'll hop on a call sometimes and we'll talk to each other and see what each other's at and like support each other mm-hmm. in the schoolwork or in their search to find a school to go to or a program to go to. Um, so I'm curious what you might say about the space of CST um, and how you came into the fold in the beginning of it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. I'm just going to say that first. Yes. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I didn't prompt that. I didn't prompt that you guys. <laughs> um and and I love it because so I if I could be if I could just study do Caribbean scholarship like as I don't know as a faculty member a researcher or whatever like that's what I would do but it's so hard to find programs for that so just like on a practical level like these I mean maybe we need to build our own universities and build our own programs I guess that's what I'm really trying to say but it's been so hard for me to find it as easily as it is for me to find a clinical psychology program Mm -hmm. Um, when I'd really want like a Caribbean studies program. That's Mm -hmm. what I would want. But imagine a Caribbean, um, a Caribbean like psych program, Caribbean psych mashup, like, like our own, like not in, not rooted in like westernized like psychology, you know, basis. But anyway, I digress. Go ahead. I know. (laughs) No, it's okay. I fantasize about that all the time. But you'll create it's, it. <laughs> it. It's I love the space because it's such an important like, first of all, stud, be, being a Caribbean scholar, there's that in and of itself. Like I consider myself a person from the region who does scholarship. And then there's also someone who is from the region who does studies, who does. I'm going to start my sentence over, who studies mm-hmm the Caribbean and then there are people outside of the region who who do it or people who are born elsewhere who do it so I think there's so many layers to CST as an entity that there's so many different directions it can go into it can talk about what it means for you as a human being studying your own region and what it means for someone who is born in like who's born and raised in Germany and you've decided that Caribbean is a place you want to study what does that look like for you as someone who's not from the region how do you um take on the material and make it your own. Like there's so many different ways that it could go. And I think that CSD has the openness to build conversation and build connection uh, for people to, for it to, for it to really help other people's scholarship. So I kind of see it as like, let's, let's get together and like help each other out and, 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 and be the Caribbean scholar that we really want to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So back in the day, I don't quite remember what was the tipping point. Well, I might remember the tipping point, but I don't remember when like this actually became a phrase that I started putting together. The hashtag existed. It's been on the internet for a few years now, but I think that there were, <laughs> I know there was a moment um, in undergrad where we were very active on campus doing student <laughs> activism oh <my> <laughs> and turning yes. things over on its head um, and carrying with us, decidedly, like, carrying with us who came before us. Like, 
who came yeah. before us, who laid things down, who back with that on, and like for real, for real, that we I I don't know what it was, but there was something about the student activism that we were doing on campus that really crystallized for me. Oh, okay. When I go to my master's program, I am going to focus on this community. Um, and I don't know in which capacity, but I'm going to focus on this community because it is life-giving, um, but also misunderstood, highly misunderstood and misrepresented. Yes. And also, I think when people think about the Caribbean, they th- it's so one-dimensional and mm-hmm. so single-story-esque. Single story yes. And yes. I think there's way more, obviously we know that there's way more to the place, but I think like you were saying before about scholarship and education, like that's one of the ways that we can expand our our own views and other people's views of the region. So exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so back when we were in a master's program, we were just wee babies, like getting those master's Mm -hmm. degrees. Um, CST came about, uh, we went to a conference together in Cuba, which is like, wild <laughs> totally wild and like yeah i haven't really processed fully processed that yet i don't know when i'll actually sit down <laughs> process that time in cuba because when we were in all, cuba <laughs> we were in cuba like, like we were in cuba seriously yeah. on a plane flight gone in the sun in cuba eating mango <laughs> every day like and yeah. presenting the scholarship to a room full of people that came to see us like, <laughs> like it was packed y'all packed Oh my gosh. I mean, I it's one of the most humbling moments of my life where I could mm-hmm. feel like a vision that I had came to reality and I could see it yeah. in front of me and it was in real time. And it was like, gives me goosebumps to think about it because I was just thinking, well, let's just submit this little abstract. And I actually think it was you that sent the abstract and was like, here's this abstract. Oh, yeah. I don't think I found it because I had never heard of CSA. I'd never heard of Caribbean. Yeah studies association i'd never like looked into them i don't know how i missed the mark but like i'd never it's never been on my radar i think i believe you sent it and (laughs) yeah and we were like cuba we gonna find a way (laughs) yeah i think i sent it because i just saw cuba and i was like i just want to go we're just gonna figure (laughs) out a way to get there because i remember i it's actually a conference i grew up going to because my mother's a scholar (laughs) a caribbean (laughs) scholar Yes. in literature so I spent a lot of time in academic spaces and this was a conference that I went to all the time because my mom went all the time and I was just like look I just want to go to Cuba that's it but I also <laughs> know some brilliant scholar black afro-caribbean scholars who would be brilliant with all their expertise we put it together and we made it to Cuba so Go us. I mean, we made it. We put it together. I remember, like, us getting that confirmation in email. And the chat blowing up, like, oh, my gosh, we got accepted. This means we're going to Cuba. Like, we're literally presenting our scholarship internationally. Yeah. I mean. We did that. Wild. <laughs> and it was, you know, so CST, that was a, a moment, a key moment of development for CST and thinking about um, 
branding and ideas and like what could come of it and all of these things and we had t-shirts made and we had stickers made and we like showed up and showed out and you know we presented together you myself abigail stephanie john shell we like killed it and that was the that crew humbly. i think that humbly yeah. because we like yeah we, I'm humble about it, but, like, we actually, like, that was our first time. We were really nervous. Yeah. We didn't know people were going to show up. We didn't know if the tech was going to work. It was on the first day of the conference in the morning, in the yes. morning slot. And, like, yeah. you know, Caribbean people have Caribbean time. So, <laughs> our Caribbean people going to show up <laughs> yeah. to the first session. So, yeah. I'm glad that you were there, obviously, for so many reasons, but also because you were a key draw, because lots of people wanted to see Baby Nathara, who is now adult Nathara. <laughs> presenting at a conference that they had seen her when she was a wee baby so thank you for drawing in the audience for us (laughs) yes and also we also have to remember that it was the first time that all of us who presented for this were in the same room together so we had all been like talking like Skype and whatever, Zoom and tech and and chatting with each other. But this is the first time we we're all in a room together. So we were like, all right, let's see how this goes. And it was so perfect. Like it was like we'd known each other forever already. That's that ancestral, that that's that like Caribbean <laughs> that's flowing through us. Like we got it. Like I'm passing you the ball. You don't even have to look. You know it's coming to you. And I know you're gonna catch it. Yeah. It was I don't that. I just don't even have words to say as a result of that. Um, it it was like scholars and activists in us and also mm-hmm. administrators in us and like higher ed people and K through 12 people and psych people and like um, literature, children's literature and uh, literacy folks. And all of us came together to talk about yeah. the commonalities as black Caribbean women educators that see something. And yeah. Like, mind blown so yeah so yeah 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 that's all we're gonna say y'all yeah it was that's all we're gonna say like (laughs) that it was epic you had to be there (laughs) you had to be there there. um and so yeah so so cst kind of came about with that and like i shared in other episodes like it was something that i really wanted to do and um we had talked about it in so many ways and our life had been going in so many different directions. And then I moved to start a PhD program and in the middle of nowhere, no offense, but um, <laughs> you already know this. And, and so I, and then you moved to California and like, we've been living, like you have this full life. I have this kind of life. It's crazy kind of book life all day. And um, CST kind of took a little, uh, took a little sleep, took a little break. And it was something that I realized, like, I really wanted to bring it back in some capacity this year. Um, and you're always going to be, like, a person that's been there with me from the beginning, whether you hop in or out. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that. So. Always. That's CST. Um, so we talked about a little bit of this, um, where you see your education headed next. Um, are there any particular key themes that you may think about connecting to your future work or work that you hope to start investigating once you start your doctoral studies? Yeah, I mean, I hope to... I hope to be more deliberate as a clinician. I think there are so many themes that I'm interested in focusing on, like, as when I go in, when I start my program. 
Um, Mm -hmm. But I think one of the things I'm learning as I meet more people from the region, as I get older and spend more and more time away, is that time is really changing. Technology is changing. People's perception of themselves is shifting. And I think uh, one of the things that gets affected by that is self-identity. And that's something that's really important to me to pay attention to as a scholar, um, because I think identity is, is rooted in our psychological health, mm-hmm. the way that we understand each other, or mm-hmm. understand ourselves, rather, and okay. each other, but ourselves. Um, and, and that's our understanding of ourselves is how we come into therapy, how we come into um, psychological treatment. Uh, okay. And so I think that I would love to focus more on the ev- evolution of uh, children, children, immigrants, immigrant children, and how they grow into adults mm. in the U.S. Um, I'm, con- I'm going to focus on places that Caribbean people tend to go. The yes. U.S., Canada, U.K., um, places like that. How do you mm-hmm. define yourself in a place with its own specific history and racial history, mm, okay. especially for Afro-Caribbean people and Afro-Caribbean children? Um, because I think when I, if we're on the theme of looking inward, that's something that's definitely affected my own psychological health, mm-hmm. is my self-identity and okay. uh, how I began to understand myself and how I want who I wanted to be in the quote-unquote long run I mean Mm. we're we're evolving always but yes that's what I would like to focus on as I go into my own scholarship okay yeah are there any um scholars or people that have lit a path for you that you can see something to gleam onto as you move forward anyone's kind of lit a path you know, this person isn't necessarily a formal scholar, but I'm going to talk about my grandmother. Yes. I think um, as I get older, I feel like I'm more like her than I thought I was. Mm-hmm. She was not someone who had a, a whole lot of formal education, but she was always someone who was questioning, always someone who... She also found a way to make things her own, make the world her own. And to, mm. and, to, and to benefit from that. And I think that's something that I've been subconsciously stepping into. And I almost right. feel like reaching, reaching back to, our, to the points that we made earlier in the conversation about ancestral roots and who laid, people who laid foundation for us. Um, mm-hmm. My grandmother is someone who is very inspirational in terms of how I think about myself as a person and think about myself as a scholar because she was always someone who solidified the fact that we are here on earth for a purpose and that Mm. there's something that we're meant to do and we're called to do something and I think that in you know in my attempts to honor her in my own way Mm-hmm. she's like at the forefront of how I approach how I've been approaching scholarship how I've been approaching thinking about being a Caribbean person and eventually how I think about being uh, uh, a therapist and is there would there be one radical thing that you would hope I know there would be probably many but would there be one radical thing that you would hope to do to kind of set the stage for the importance of psychotherapy for 
Caribbean folk. Yeah, I think I would love to and accessibility. Have... Yes, yes. I would think one for in terms of for starting with talk, conversation. I feel like normalizing psychological health is probably the best way to get to our people. It's still mm-hmm. this stigmatizing uh, thing that we don't understand how it works. Most times, most Caribbean people are talking about therapy like they've been there. I'm like, you've never even been there. You don't know how it works. <laughs> <laughs> you just think that it's this thing that you don't need because we have these toxic, horrific um, European ideas, <laughs> generally European ideals about what psychological health really is. It's not even, it doesn't even, cult- we didn't even cultivate them. They came from somewhere else and we've adopted them. So mm-hmm. I would love to like unlearn, help our communities to unlearn some of that and mm-hmm. to normalize it and to think about even like when we decide to bring our children to another country, what, what, how, what space are you putting them into? Do you know what city you're going Ooh. to? you know what kind of school system you're going into do you know who the are the kids in the class going to look like them are they going to come from the same places that they come from they're going to eat the same food we don't know so i would love to think about mental health not just oh going into a therapist's office but what do you do as a parent or what do you do as someone who wants to bring people into the world how are you going to start making decisions so that you're more conscious i'm not trying to say that like anyone is the perfect parent because that doesn't exist Right. But to be a little bit more conscious about that as someone from the region, as someone right. who, you know, if you're trying to unlearn certain types of things, how does that come across in your parenting so that you can prepare your kid to approach psychological health in a health in a in a positive way for when, you know, they need it. Absolutely. And then and the second thing yeah. is accessibility. Mm-hmm. So I think that okay. ties into some of the what I'm talking about with accessibility, but also right. in a more in a real way is that it's hard for everyone to get psychological treatment in across, you know, for a lot of reasons apart from, right. you know, the mentality, but just how like our healthcare system works. Yes. Um, and that's been, I, I've witnessed that and it's very frustrating. And I can't even imagine if you, once you get to the point where you're like, Oh, I'm going to seek psychological health, but like, you don't have the right insurance or the people Mm -hmm. with the insurance, the people who have your insurance are people you don't even want to talk to. So um, being trying to find, you know, probably have to go to the grassroots (laughs) to figure out how to get there, but Mm -hmm. um, maybe even holding, starting to hold certain systems accountable for in our, in the healthcare sphere. Yeah. And, and I'm clearly not in your world. And you will have to educate me. But one thing I also think about listening to you say that is um, centering our own practices, centering and yeah. decolonizing our own wellness practices that are ours, savoring them, preserving them, holding them close, um, keeping them written down, keeping them glorified so that we can turn in- inwards into our own history, to our own selves. Oftentimes we have a lot of answers to the things that we need if we look in our backyard and something like that can obviously mean like your literal backyard or you know alternative medicines and like clearly i'm not a doctor i am not a psychiatrist <laughs> i am not saying don't take your medicine go to the bush and drink bush tea i'm not saying that <laughs> but i'm saying that that doesn't hurt as well because we have a roadmap and we have things that are ours 
um, if we also tap into what's already ours. Um, and I think that's just something that we have a way of doing things and it's hard to pin down because every country has their own way, but there's a connectedness. Mm -hmm. And I think that may be an entry point into, you know, awareness and um, helping people see like, okay, this is where we've been, but this is where we need to go. And how do we fuse those two together? Yeah, I completely agree. And just because um, our healing processes might not look like the Eurocentric ones that we're used to, like kind of what you're saying, that doesn't mean that we can't, trust it basically exactly 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 and so um just have a few more questions for you and we're nearing the end um so this is a kind of big question (laughs) which i think you've already answered to to do so to the best of your ability uh what does caribbean mean being caribbean mean to you yeah so yeah i did answer that a little bit Mm -hmm. um i think being Caribbean to me means pride, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also means openness. It means acceptance. It means approaching the world with healthy judgment. I'm trying to say mm-hmm. non-judgmental anymore because I think it's important to make judgments, but I think there mm-hmm. are unhealthy ways to make judgments and healthy ways okay. to make judgments. So I think just as I was saying earlier about just the way that Caribbean people came to be, to exist, I think that it's extremely important for us to be open, um, to be inviting. And Mm -hmm. that's something that I really, I mean, obviously based on the line of work I'm going into, that's something I'm trying to hone. But uh, I think about it, translating that my history into my personhood and how do I actually function as a person day to day not just as being like, oh, I'm Jamaican. Everybody listen to me. I'm Jamaican. Like, but what does that, <laughs> what does like, what does that pride mean? What does that confidence really mean? And how can I display that confidence in a way that's like inviting to people, making them want to be around me? Um, mm-hmm. That's kind of how I think about it too. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that being Caribbean to me means that I, pass down everything I possibly know about where I came from to my to the generation that I hope to make one day to the children I hope Mm -hmm. to have Mm -hmm. um because I think that being Caribbean is such a special thing I feel like we're not like any other region in the whole world um even just like the way we think about how we're positioned on the globe it's just so I don't know why that's like profound to me but I just think the, the way we're positioned is special uh Mm -hmm. and so yeah I mean that's kind of and then of course like being a Caribbean scholar is specifically important to me because um that's what's that's what's propelled me into the work that I'm doing and to kind Mm -hmm. of and to actually say that more like to say like I am a Caribbean scholar is something I should say more I don't think I say it enough um because it's it's a very very specific being yeah it's like brings about a sense of pride when i think about it and say it that way um because it also indicates a distinction as well yeah exactly exactly and i think there or being a caribbean person is so specific a specific type especially if you're afro-caribbean it's a specific type of blackness that (laughs) you don't 
we don't hide we don't like pay enough attention to and I think that it's important like being a black person in the world but being in like the western world it's really important that we celebrate where or specificities um we have in we have plenty of similarities and plenty of similar experiences but our specificities are important to highlight because it means that you are seen so if you are from the from the caribbean or you are from um south america or if you're from north america um if you're from the continent of africa like it's very important or any specific country there like it's really important that people know that about you because that's who you are exactly exactly and i would say that that harkens back to the beginning of our conversation and like why cst exists um and why it will continue to exist is to provide a space for um caribbean heritage folks so whether you are first or second generation or 1.5 generation um you have a connection and you're welcome if you're doing work that's for the region, in the region, about the region, related to climate change, like anything that's necessary, um, then you're welcome. You're part of this podcast family. So um, that's awesome. And um, do you have a favorite Caribbean saying that you would apply to your scholarship or your pathway to your scholarship or that you think just sums up, you know, higher education and all of the things that it is oh my gosh I think oh I have to think more but there's one that I okay so or remember our our title for a conference yeah it could be one or two okay so one of them is our um our conference title or presentation title from from Cuba when we presented at Caribbean Studies Association which was Medea 2 which is yeah I'm also here in Mm -hmm. standard English but um, I like it because it means that you're, it, it highlights visibility and basically means like I'm, a, I'm, what I have to offer is important. I'm here and you're going to hear me and I have something Absolutely. important to say. <laughs> so I feel Absolutely. like that's one of my favorite ones. I have to think more, but. Okay, that works. That works. Yeah, um, I think we'll go with that for now. That works. And is there any last thing that you would like to share with the listener that you didn't touch on or that you would like to encourage for anyone that might be thinking about their own place um, as they study or as they're trying to figure out where they may land as a scholar that's connected to the region, but also how do they bring themselves into that or anything that you would like to offer for the listeners? Yeah, I think I would tell anyone who's listening or at all to listen to yourself and that your ancestors are talking to you and you should listen because <laughs> they've been here before they've and they're watching you go um so anything that you hear any little voice that you hear inside of you listen to it and trust it and um, trust your own power because your power obviously is within you not anywhere else so mm-hmm. looking inward listening to yourself is really important um and if you're interested in scholarship I would say read a lot (laughs) this is very like practical things but read a lot don't stop reading don't stop asking questions and if something sounds funny to you like investigate it um because it'll take you somewhere that you probably wouldn't imagine yourself going um and that's that's at the heart of what scholarship is is looking inward following your gut and 
if you read something that sounds, like I said, if it sounds, read something that sounds funny, that you should really follow it because that's what true scholarship is, is to keep going, to follow, to keep reading, mm-hmm. to keep talking, mm-hmm. to keep listening. So yeah, that's what I would say for now. I just want to thank you for being on the podcast. I want to thank you for being on this episode. It's been a long time coming. You're always welcome back, um, especially when you start your program and you have thoughts <laughs> about specific <laughs> things that you're, you know, seeing, learning, experiencing, being asked to um, to practice as you put those hours in. Um, I would love to have you back at any time. And I just want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy, busy, busy life. We're not even on the same time zone, y'all. We in two different time zones right here. Okay, this is commitment yeah. to the people. This is commitment to a man. Again, I want to thank you so much for supporting our podcast. Thank you so much for listening to Caribbean Scholar Things. You can find us on Twitter at CST underscore digital underscore. You can also find us on Instagram, Caribbean Scholar Things with two S's at the end. So while you're there, why don't you check out our online shop? So if you go to teespring.com backslash stores backslash CST dash online, you will find our digital shop. We've got your hoodies, your sweatshirts, your stickers for your laptops and your phones, all your digital devices. We've got mugs, little tote bags and everything, even little t-shirts for the smallest Caribbean scholar in your life. So. If you're listening to this, the link will be in the show notes. Um, Have fun shopping and rep your island brilliance.